Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on This Podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. The topic of today's show is fasting, the benefits and how to overcome the difficulty of fasting. Joining me today is content creator Shane Williams and fitness guru, Mr. Intensity. You don't want to miss this. But before you do anything, before you do anything, make sure you subscribe and share this episode with a friend. God bless you, everyone. What's up, world? Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on this podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. I'm an opinionated fat boy from the west side of Detroit. I was groomed in Chicago and shaped in New York, but in my heart, Paris is home. Join me on my quest to get answers and gain clarity on a plethora of controversial topics, current events, and political issues. It's a lot going on in the world that I want to discuss. So please, take a listen and tell me your thoughts. Tell me what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts, ooh, tell me what's your thoughts. Fasting is the act of abstaining from food or drink or both for health, ritualistic, religious, or ethical purposes. The abstention may be complete or partial, lengthy, of short duration, or intermittent. Fasting is not a new practice. Fasting can be traced as far back as the 5th century, with Hippocrates making recommendations for food abstinence to people displaying certain health conditions. During Lent, some Christians will fast, and during the holy month of Ramadan, millions of Muslims will abstain from food from sunup to sundown. Some of the popular fasts are intermittent fasting, where you abstain from food for a certain amount of hours every day. Water fasting is where one will drink only water for a certain amount of days. The Daniel fast, where you can only eat fruits and vegetables for a certain amount of days. Juice fasting, where you only drink fresh juices. Cistern fasting, also known as urine therapy, where you only drink your urine for a specified amount of time. To find out why fasting is so popular, I had the pleasure of speaking with popular content creator and owner of the digital marketing firm Sugar Nova, Shane Williams, and nutritionalist and fitness guru and the owner of Intensity Fitness United, Mr. Intensity. Up first, I will speak with Shane Williams and their interview with Mr. Intensity follows directly after. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Shane Williams to the show. Thank you for coming today, Shane. Hey, hey, thanks for having me as always. <laughs> yeah, you're no stranger to the show. You've been here many, many times. It's funny because I asked for you to be a part of plenty panels, but the one thing you specialize in, we've never discussed it, so I thought now would be a good time to do that. For those who don't know, my friend Shane is a professional faster. I think that might be the name I can give it. You are someone who I've learned from as it pertains to fasting. What type of fasting do you do? Water fasting. Water fasting is um, something I'm actually quite passionate about. And it's something I really enjoy and something that I've learned a lot about myself in the process of. Okay, so you do water fasting. So that means that you just drink water for a certain amount of days? Yeah, correct. Usually just around a month. Wow. So you're just drinking water. Yeah, so... A lot of people ask me this question and they're like, did you die? Like, how are you still alive? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, it's probably the most common thing people say to me whilst talking to me. 
I know I sound like I've never done it, but that's more for the listeners. And I've done water fasting and it's a very interesting process because I've done juice fasting. I've done that. And I've also done water fasting. And I do feel like you get more out of water fasting. But before we go there, how did you start water fasting? What made you want to do that? Because I mean, anyone who knows Shane, if you ever look at his pages, he's like a food critic. He's a marketing genius. And he's someone who is always speaking about food and tasting food and reviewing food. So how does someone who reviews food and food is such a big part of your life water fast? That is exactly why I water fast. Let me take you back. So I love food so much. It is my passion in life. (laughs) If money was no issue, I would just go restaurants three times a day. Uh, About five years ago, I wanted to start a YouTube channel around everything that I was passionate about. So at the time it was sneaker culture, food and business. One day I was on my way into a PR event. I was going into London and I saw my train coming from afar. So I sprinted for the train to um, to just beat it to the platform. And Ali, when I tell you, once I got to that train, I was clearly so overweight, but I didn't realize I was. Yeah. I felt dizzy when I got to the train. I just wanted to puke up. I had to literally go to the toilet in the train and just kind of lock myself in a cubicle for a bit. And I think at that point, I realized I have to do something about my weight. I saw a walk to fast on YouTube and it kind of fascinated me. And it was around the same time. And I just thought, look, I have to do something about myself. So I just gave water fasting a try. My first fast was around 25 days. I had lost so much weight and I just felt like a completely different human being. So the reason why you started was because of the field that you're in, where you're always eating and the fact that you saw that your fitness had decreased. Yeah, I kind of yo-yo with my weight. So this was something that I found and it helped me keep the weight off. Got it. You saw a water fasting video. You decided to do it. What was the preparation for that? Because being someone that loves food so much, you say when you smell food, you have to eat it. To have such a love for food and to then tell yourself that you're going to take yourself away from food for an extended amount of time. What was the preparation going into that? In terms of preparation, I'd literally watched that one YouTube video quite a few times. And then I just started to do a a bit of research, but there isn't much out there on water fasting. It's actually more quite niche, as I'm sure you can imagine. It was literally a bit of Google searching. And then I literally went out and brought a month's worth of my favorite bottled water, which is Evian. It was one of those things I knew that if I thought about it too much, I would push the date back. So I just gave myself a date and it was like the first of the month and I just prepared. So I literally stocked up with water and kind of had my last big meal. What was your last big meal? It was a combination of all of the takeaways that I like. So it has like Chinese food. It was Indian. It was was like, it was a weird plate. Like if if you was outside looking at Oh, I was, I was, I was, but it was fun. Yeah. And I think it kind of helped as well because you know, like you eat so much, you feel sick. And, you, and yeah. you feel and you feel dirty in yourself it, that also helped so um maybe it was a blessing in disguise it helped you to say okay you know what i need to do this absolutely yeah day one you have your favorite water you just got over having this big meal and i know it's still in your mind it's probably still belching and passing gas from the <laughs> food that you ate the day before right Take us through day one. If you can remember, what was the feeling? Were you starving? Like what? Did you have any headaches? What? 
So funny enough, day one was actually quite easy because I'd probably had such a big meal. Yeah. I had my meal at like 6 p.m. I then didn't eat throughout the night. I don't necessarily eat breakfast. By the time it got to around lunchtime, when I'd looked at how many hours had gone, I was like, oh, well, I need, a day's nearly gone. And I wasn't hungry because I'd eaten so much the day before. So day one was just literally drinking lots of water and going to the toilet. And when I say going to the toilet a lot, I remember once I would go to the toilet, I would walk into my bedroom, and then as soon as I sat down, I'd have to reverse and go back to the toilet. That's how frequent I was urinating. Were you urinating or defecating? Urinating. I can agree that day one was very easy. Day one for me, I think it was more mental. When did you find difficulty at what day? I had my last meal at 6 p.m. So 24 hours, 6 p.m. the next day, I would say about 9 p.m. So you're what, 27 hours in, 28 hours in. That's when okay. I, I, something kind of hit me like a train at that point. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. Because I think at 6 p.m., so when 24 hours had gone, I was like, this ain't that bad. Yeah. And then like a couple of hours later, it's like I got hit by something and I was like, that was it. It was just food on my brain, um, food on my mind. War fasting is both mental and physical, but it's a lot yes. more mental than it is physical. Yes. It's the mental fitness and strengthening your mind because you are making the decision to do something. And food is something that we need to live. Sometimes you tell yourself, oh, you know what, just eat an apple or you can eat something. What was the feeling that was coming over you? You said something hit you like a, a ton of bricks. What was that feeling? The stomach ache of, okay, I'm hungry. And I think when it hits you in the gut, then your brain multiplies that. So now you're hungry yeah. times two then hungry yeah. times 10 very quickly. So what did you do? Drank more water. Okay. I discovered quite quickly that four liters of water a day were what I needed to consume. I think at first where I went wrong was I was drinking when I was thirsty or when I felt hungry. I've learned by doing so many that actually you just continue to drink to stop you because you're not hungry. Your brain's telling you that you're thirsty. Yeah. And your body interprets that as I'm hungry and you're not. And I learned very quickly to drink on the hour every hour. So even if it's just a sip. And I think that's why I was constantly going to the toilet because I was keeping ahead of my hunger. Yeah. When did it get to the point where you were like, hmm, okay, I'm doing this and I feel, I feel pretty good. I've done, I think, four long fasts and the timeline has been the same every single time without fail. Day four is the magical time. If you can make it to day four, you can make it to anything. And day four, your body changes, your mind changes, and your your mental outset just changes completely every single time without fail. Yeah. I hear some people say day three is the hardest. It is, yeah. Day three for me is either the hardest or the easiest. For me, it's kind of like when my body is like, okay, you doing this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, not yeah. eating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you said for day four for you, that's when it gets to that point. The first time you did it, you said you did it for 25 days. Did you ever think about quitting? No, I was too stubborn. Nothing ever came to your mind that just said, you know what, just eat. Just get something to eat. Just eat. No, so you see, because I was documenting it, I knew that I yeah. was being held accountable. And then I would get like Got paranoid. It. But I would do weird things. Like I would smell like... 
I would go out to my partner's food and I would stick my nose in it and I would smell the hell yeah. out of it. I would like, like, and I, I would smell it so hard. I would taste it in my soul like that. That's what I would yeah. do. <laughs> That's interesting because when I'm fasting, one of the things that I notice is I dream about food and I dream that I'm eating food. And a couple of times I've woken up so disappointed, like, damn, why did I eat that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mess. It is funny because when I water fast, I watch hours of food YouTubers. Yeah. I'm like living vicariously through them. And I would, yes. I, I say I, I watch back to back hours of food. You go through that journey of just wanting to cook. Food becomes very different. I think when you get to about day seven, you have a very spiritual, and I wouldn't say I'm a spiritual person going into it, but something quite spiritual happens and mentally yeah. your focus shifts and it shifts yep. on life. But it also shifts on what you think, you know, you don't know. I remember one time just laying there going, life's a scam. We are taught that you have three meals a day. You have snacks in between. Mm -hmm. There's something about doing the water fast. It makes you realize that you don't need food. You don't need food. You don't. Food is a fuel source. And the further you go into that fast, the more you realize, so my body can go four days. Okay, my body can go seven days. My body can go 14 days. Because we're taught at school, or we're just taught growing up, you don't eat, you're going to die. If yep. you don't drink water, seven days, you're, you're out of here. Yeah, like, like literally there's a clock, seven mm -hmm. days, bang, drop dead. So when you go past that, and actually you feel healthier than ever. Yeah. The thing with me is I had stuff in my body that started to fix itself. So I had scars on my body that started to shrink. I had sinus issues where I would have like heavy breathing and it would just gone away. Like your body just goes through this crazy process and it cleans and it detox. Your body detox itself. Yeah. And you can kind of see like, when you urinate, the different color cycles it goes through during your fast. And you can feel like, wow, yeah. my, my body is actually getting rid of some stuff. Your tongue, mm -hmm. your tongue starts to go through a different, you know, it goes white, then it goes furry for a bit, then it goes like all over the place. But if you realize your body is go is getting rid of just years, decades of shit that's in your body, yeah. literally. And um, it's fascinating. I think it gets yeah. to a point when you're like a couple of weeks in that you become fascinated by it. And then it's no longer about food and it's no longer about stubbornness. It's about, okay, what are we capable of as humans? Where can we go with this? And I think that I would recommend water fasting to everyone on the planet. I think that when you get to like, say you get to like 30, that's it. You got to cleanse your body and reset especially if you live in a Western society, there's so much junk and hidden stuff in our food. When you go through that cleanse and then you come out of the other side, it's like, it's like being born again. It is. What you're talking about, I can agree to because it's like an awakening. We are always told that we need food like before you run or before you do something like exercise. And people say eat a bar or have breakfast It's going to give you energy. The energy that you have during a fast is unmatched. Now, this is after like day four or five because you're not at the beginning. Sometimes you're lethargic and you're just tired. But 
when you reach that point where you were focused, the hunger pains go away, it's like an awakening because you have so much energy, so much so that I have problems sleeping sometimes when mm -hmm. I'm fasting. Mm -hmm. You have that too? It's the worst insomnia, the worst. Yeah. It's yep. uncontrollable. So like, like I said, you know, I said I used to stay up and listen, watch YouTube. I would get to like four in the morning and be like, I have to go to sleep because it's four in the morning. Yes. <laughs> and then I would turn the TV off and then I would be laying there for like another hour and a half and the sun would be coming yep. up. And then next thing I know, I'd gone to sleep. It was like half five, maybe six. And then by eight o'clock, I was awake and I'd, have, I'd be on two hours sleep, but I felt so rejuvenated. Yeah. There's two things for me. There's the boredom and there's the insomnia you're right it yeah. is so boring not eating the reason why i started like i said is because i socialize i go out i go to a lot of restaurants i get to eat and that's my way of communicating with people so when i'm fasting yeah. and i'm just at home i realize that that social food for me is a is as much of a social thing as it yeah. is as a, a love for food and yeah so it's like someone's chopped off my arm so it gets very boring in that respect yeah, I also will add that we spend so much of our day thinking about what we're going to eat and eating. Mm -hmm. So when you take that, even if you take the social aspect out of it, when you think about when you're fasting, it's no longer like, what am I going to eat today? You don't have to prepare the food. You don't have to wait for the food and you don't have to go get the food. So it leaves space for so many things. And another thing I find is like I'm a person who likes to get my favorite meal and have a, a show or something to watch, right? Mm -hmm. Netflix or something. Mm -hmm. So I like to get my meal and have something to do as I'm about to eat my meal. What I find when I'm fasting is I watch TV less, yeah. if at all. Yeah. I watch videos on people fasting. I watch videos on people eating food and I watch my 600 pound life. Those are the things that I watch yeah. that help me stay on my fast. But I really don't watch TV. A lot of the bad habits or things that I do, they actually go away when I'm fasting because my focus shifts mm -hmm. and my focus totally changes. And as well, like food can be a reward. So like the game's on, oh, I'm going to get some wings or I'm going to have this. Yeah. I'm going to get a pizza yeah. because the game's on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find food is a reward. Oh, you know. I just some we just got a big deal at work great let's go celebrate yeah, let's go out to eat exactly yes. yeah if you think about it that's conditioning because we've been told that that's what you do when those things happen so it's already set up in our minds that if something good happens you eat when something mm -hmm. bad happens you eat when it's a celebratory event for someone else you eat a lot of things are set up around us satisfying ourselves with food instead of other things and that's very interesting because when you brought up when the game's on you get wings our mind knows that now you know mm -hmm. that oh the game's coming on so it says to get these things but one of the things when i'm fasting is that i notice i can't sit still much mm -hmm. i'm not saying that i can't sit still much like i can't sit down but i have a need to want to do something to walk to work out to move yeah I may not be able to work out as much, but it's like my body is like, hey, let's do something. Let's do something with this energy because we're not working to break down the food. So it wants to do something with the energy. It's weird. So when I've water fast, I've lifted my personal best at the gym, which you would think that how's that right? You've got no food in you. You've got nothing to, right. to back it up. I've done my longest runs on water fast. I've 
been far more active during a water fast than I have in terms of the gym and stuff like that. You're right. Like there's something about it. Just you are so active. And yeah. I think you're also trying to tire yourself out because of the insomnia. So like you might go extra hard at the gym thinking, great, tonight I'm going to sleep well. But yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to know that that's not just me because I literally will lay there for mm -hmm. like an hour. Like I'll start doing everything that they say that you can do. I start counting sheep. I mean, I start watching videos like, OK, maybe a reading a book just to think it's going to make me go to sleep. But when I'm really in the heart of my fasting, um, most days I think I get at the most four if four mm -hmm. and then there's some days there where i will be like oh wow i slept a long time now what i will say is i i think i'm, I'm better at taking naps during fasting where i can take a couple of naps throughout the day when i'm tired because that's what i started noticing is that i have to listen to my body mm -hmm. when it says it's tired i try to give it sleep instead of just you know because i'm a person that'll say well you know what it's nine o'clock i'm sleepy no i'm gonna wait till 11 because if i go to sleep at nine i'm gonna wake up at 11 anyway so i'll just wait till 11 and go to sleep then and i can stay asleep for the whole night during a fast I, I can't do that i have to listen to my body and go to sleep when it wants sleep but when your fast is ending are you happy that the fast is ending or are you disappointed and want to extend it i feel guilty yeah I have that what if. Mm -hmm. Well, I did this long. I did 31 days. Could I have gone to 40? Yes. And then I get pissed off with myself. Yeah. The competitive side of me takes over. Yeah, I think it's guilt I get. Yeah. For me, it's almost like I don't want to eat, but I want to eat because I, I've told myself that, okay, day 25 or day 31, I'm going to eat. But there have been times when I didn't eat. There's been times when I was going to end my fast and I forgot to eat. Mm. I even think I'm a better person when I fast after the first couple of days, you know, but like going out with friends, I'm my energy's different. Sex is different. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> we, need to, we need to talk about that. I agree with you wholeheartedly on everything that you've just said. I think one thing that really from a sexual point of view is crazy is your body starts to do things that you can't control so you get throbbing hard-ons yeah that you can't control they just come yeah. on at any time and let me tell you something right now sex during a water fast is a different level of sex like it's porn star meets <laughs> i don't know what it, i got it's so hard like <laughs> And it's funny, yeah? So, yeah. Um, after my first... <laughs> <laughs> you know me well enough. So, after our, my first fast, nine months later, we had a baby. And I can only say, I think that there's a combination of how horny you get because you must be detoxing and yeah. unclogging stuff. And I think that... And then you just have mad stamina. Yeah. And I always kind of think like... There's people out there that can't have kids for medical reasons. And I always think try a water fast because I do think that that detox bit is unclogging you. I think that there's some merit to that. And, I'm, and I'm, I would like to see if there's more research around that out there. I think that water fasting is linked to curing a lot of disease and a lot of things in the body. But yeah, back to the sex. <laughs> You just get these uncontrollable urges. Like one there, one minute you're there, 
everything's great and then bang it just yeah. comes at you and it's just like it's go time yeah your erections are stronger mm-hmm. the penal performance is stronger a hard penis or erect erect penis is blood flow because of our bodies detoxing and things becoming unclogged i think maybe it's just sending more blood there i don't know but it is totally different than it is with you know when you're not on a fast i agree i do think that there are tons of health benefits when you fast for anyone listening to this who will start fasting is everyone's results are different and everything is different for everyone there are a lot of similarities because i urinate a lot when i fast but for me it takes about a good 10 days before I see a defecation. I'm losing weight and everything, but I don't defecate usually until about day seven to 10. What about you? When do you have your first stool? So I think my first stool is usually naturally day one because I've obviously eaten still. And then yeah, I think a right. bit, I think a bit day two and then nothing until about day 10. I think you're right there about day 10, yeah. um, which is like just minimal. And then that's it. Yeah. So if I'm fasting for 25 days or 31 days or whatever, that's it. Like that last one is day 10, day nine, day 10. When you end your fast, what would you say is the best way that you should end your fast? With what foods? So I end mine with soup. Mm-hmm. There's lots of research out there that say like bone broths, um, but I end mine with soup. Yeah. How much weight did you lose on your fast? For your listeners, it was, I'll do it in pounds. So it's about 14 pounds a week I was losing. So we use stone over here. Do it in both so it's not confusing to the listeners. I was losing a stone a week. I would usually lose around four stone in a month, which is massive. So 14 pounds in a stone. And I was using losing that times four. So I was losing around 40 pounds during each fast. Yeah. When I did a 20 day fast, I lost 30 some pounds. I don't remember how much it was. I think it was like 31, 33 or something like that. And it could have been more. I didn't weigh myself like every week. Yeah. I could just tell it because I had to get new clothes. And that's the thing. So I did, I've done it a couple of times. And um, the biggest thing you see is the change in your clothes and how your clothes yeah. fit you. Um, mm-hmm. Because don't forget, like, we're all different. So our body shapes are all different. And where you lose your weight from. So if you lose it in the face, if you lose it in the hips, if you lose it in your bum, if you lose it in your stomach. But clothes is where you see it the most. Yeah. What would you say some of the other downsides to water fasting are? I got a keto rash every single time I did it. And what's that? So when your body's in ketosis, you can develop a rash that is like, it's quite bobbly. And I would get it on like my um, chest and my back. And then sometimes it would spread to my face. And I think that's one of the things that made me kind of want to stop fast on one of the occasions because I was very self-conscious, but it's your body's detoxing itself. Um, And you're in a state of ketosis. There was that. And then there was, I would get a lot of itching. So in the middle of the night, I would be itching a lot. I know I went through that phase. That can last a couple of days. Um, Bad breath. It's like you're getting a layer of your tongue and all the grime and the years of grime out of your tongue. So that would lead to bad breath. So you find you're brushing your teeth quite a lot. Yeah, I think they're the main things. 
Yeah, for me, I, I would agree to that. I don't have the keto rash and I don't itch so bad that I feel like I have to tear my skin off, but there is a little itching. I actually feel like things are going on in my body though sometimes. Not like gas, but you just, you feel like something's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we end, I do know that a lot of people will listen to this and they'll start maybe thinking about doing a fast. Some people may currently be in a fast and if you are, keep going. Uh, you can do it. But how did you navigate fasting while your family and your kids had to eat? So you still had to smell the food. Mm. The food was still there. How did you navigate doing that and still just having a glass of water with smelling the other foods and seeing them? The first few days, it's staying away from them and kind of like <laughs> being like, don't you dare. Like if I knew it was dinner time, I'd go upstairs and lock myself in the bedroom. I found that after like day four, I would start to just be able to sit around them while they ate. And then maybe like over a week, I would actually start to cook for them and I didn't have to dodge it so much. But one thing I will say is there's always a lot of peer pressure from your family. Yeah. I think it's because they care. They're like, you need to stop this. There is that peer pressure. And I think because people don't necessarily understand it unless you're on that journey. Yeah. I think people think they're doing right by you by telling you to eat because they don't understand it. So I think that anyone that is going to go on this journey, you have to get buy-in from your family or, and from your friends, you know, because if you've got work colleagues or friends or family that are trying to go, oh, go on, just eat this, then you're not going to succeed. You have to get their buy-in so that they don't offer you or they don't do certain things around you. Yeah. And I think that having um, sensible friends or family and getting their buy-in is quite important in this journey also. It is, but you don't always get that. People who are listening, who have family members who are fasting or who are thinking about fasting and for people who are currently fasting or thinking about fasting, when people set their minds to do anything, there's a sense of accomplishment when you finish it. And water fasting is no different. When you finish a water fast, you feel so accomplished because you feel so great. You feel the benefits of the fast that sometimes you don't even want to put certain things back into your body. Mm -hmm. You start thinking about eating differently. You start thinking about food differently because you don't want to you don't want to change the way that you feel. So don't take that away from the people who are fasting. If you don't understand it, say nothing. If you don't understand it, research it yourself. If you don't understand it, ask them. But don't take that sense of accomplishment from them because I've ended fast before and I felt so guilty that I ended the fast. I felt so upset because I said, man, I was 10 days in. Why did I stop? Mm -hmm. And I actually felt bad for doing it. And I was down on myself. So you don't want to do that to a person who's in the middle of a fast, especially if they've already made it to like five and day 10. I think that you should congratulate them and, you know, inspire them to continue for however many days that they have, because at the end, they'll feel so much better and they'll have that sense of accomplishment. And you don't want to take that from them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Shane, any last words? I recommend this for anybody. So if you're on the fence, do it. And no matter what time you put on yourself, just think it's the first four days. Like I always set that, that mindset of I just got to get to day four. And once I'm beyond that, it's all uphill from there. Yeah. I can promise you, you'll have personal success, mental success. And there's so many more positives that come from this 
you know, I challenge you. Do it. Come and come and check out my YouTube channel. Leave some comments. Show me. Give me updates on where you are. Um, check with me online. Um, I'd love to just see people's progress. Tell us your YouTube page, Shane. Absolutely. All my social media is Shane Williams. So S H A Y N E Williams on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything. It's all the same. Got it. Well, thank you so much, man. This was a great conversation. Spoke to a young man uh, as well about fasting. So it should be interesting to hear his story too, guys. So make sure you stay tuned and check for that. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Love to everyone. Up next, the owner of Intensity Fitness United, Mr. Intensity. Mr. Intensity, thank you for coming to the show. No problem. Happy to be here. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Willingboro, New Jersey. That's where I grew up. A uh, little small um, suburb, black community in Willingboro. Willingboro? Yeah. yeah, I never heard of that, but I've definitely heard of you on Instagram, scrolling through videos. And I was just like, man, this dude is intense. <laughs> I gravitate to videos and information about health. It was one of your videos that really stuck out to me. One of the things that you said was, we did this to ourselves. And if we did it to ourselves, we can undo it to ourselves. And that really stuck out to me. Your health journey, how did that come about? Seven to eight years ago, I was extremely ignorant when it came to my health. I was one of those people who thought I could eat anything. And because I didn't gain any weight, I thought I would be healthy. But I played a lot mm. of sports. So I met somebody that basically told me that what I was doing was not the correct way to go, but I wasn't ready to hear this person yet, but they never stopped. And they continued to plant seeds, but it never hatched until later. I started to deal with some issues with headaches and fatigue and injuries and went to the doctor and I come to find out that I had, I was um, pre-diabetic, I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and I had erectile dysfunction. Wait a minute, let's slow down a little bit. So you went to the doctor, you, you weren't overweight. No. Mm -mm. And you went to the doctor and found out you were pre-diabetic. Yeah. How did that hit you? Because most of the time when we look at diabetes, we look at it as, oh, you fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did that hit you being a person who was active mm. and was not overweight? How did that hit you when the doctors told you that you were pre-diabetic? It hit me with, oh, man, I don't know nothing. Um, yeah. I did something wrong and now I'm in a situation where I don't want to have to be taking medication at 28. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it hit me. I had hypertension. I definitely had erectile dysfunction because I had to always had to have alcohol before, you know, I, I handled my business and that was also a problem. So I had to address those issues. So I started to learn about health and I reversed all these things with a good diet within a span of three months. And that's when I began my, my intensity training journey. When did you discover that? Because you were 28, you said, when you started your health journey. So that was when you started having issues with erectile dysfunction? Yeah, that's when I started to have issues with erectile dysfunction. I really did something about it two years later in 2014, three months before I started intensity. So I had erectile dysfunction. I know it's around like 2012. And then I went to the doctor around 2014 and I told him, I said, you know, what's up? What's going on with me? And he tried to put me on Viagra. Yeah. I was 30 at that point. I'm 30, mm -hmm. like, I don't need no Viagra. I don't need that. And he said, well, you know, we could put you on a prescription. And when I hear prescription, I just, I think about my upbringing. I think about my grandma. I think about my mom. I think about yeah. that side of the family and what it did to them. And my common sense kicked in and said, listen, this didn't work out well for them. 
So it's not gonna work out well for me. Definitely. Something else has to happen here. When you say erectile dysfunction, what was happening to let you know that something was not where it should be downstairs? The inability to hold on to an erection. Erectile dysfunction is basically a precursor to heart disease. Okay. Because of artery blockage and because of your prostate as well, your gland, your prostate glands. Did you start feeling inadequate when you were with women because you couldn't perform in a way that you once did? Well, I still perform in the way I once did. I just needed some motivation. I needed some, I needed alcohol. <laughs> he know, said, I don't get alcohol. it twisted, ladies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I still handle my business, but yeah. they didn't know that I needed that. They just thought that like, I just wanted to have some drinks because I wanted to have some drinks, but yeah. I actually needed that. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I heard this before from a, a couple of men that say that they have to be drunk or be high in order to perform. And I don't think many of them think that that's because they're pre-erectile dysfunction or if it's the start of erectile dysfunction. Because that's not something we talk about. As men, we don't have conversations about that area. <laughs> Women, they go to the doctors all the time, but men, we really only go to the doctor once it's really a problem mm -hmm. and that's dangerous. So I commend you on actually going to the doctor when you saw the start of something and actually finding out that it was some issues. You said you started the intensity program. I did. So tell us about that. When I healed myself, I went to one of my cousins free outside fit camps when he was selling Herbalife. And okay. that's when I got supplements for the first time. I never took supplements before that. I realized that my cousin wasn't in as good a shape as me. I didn't think he was, but he got on his Herbalife stuff and he destroyed me in this fit class he went to. I'm like, oh no. So then... I got my stuff together in like three weeks and I started to do my own fit camps and I got I got my certifications in uh, in training and I started like outside group classes and then it began to start inside and I stopped selling Herbalife. I just I told him I, I, I did Herbalife for like two weeks and I said, I don't want to sell Herbalife. I want to be Herbalife. And he didn't yeah. understand what I meant when I said that at that point. But I did. I started to train people because if I could heal myself and get myself in tip top shape, I always wanted to do it with others and I always loved fitness because I played basketball for a long time. Yeah. I became very popular in my neighborhood and it helped a lot of people there. I did that for about two years. You helped a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Your motivation and your wake up call was that doctor's visit and finding out you were pre-diabetic, erectile dysfunction. Before you got to the point where you could mentally help people, how were you feeling? Because I know it couldn't have been good to hear that. Were you stressed? Did you go through a little depression or anything? At that point, I was going through a lot. Because a lot of times when we as men deal with issues, we hold it in and we internalize yeah. it. Yes. That also affects us physically on top of yeah. it. So that was a, a big part of my hypertension because I had to take care of these children that I was raising. I didn't have a stable job at that point. So this also gave me a lot of my stress as well, because when you have stress, it's raising cortisol, the, number, the main stress hormone, and you put your body into a constant state of fight or flight. So yeah. this also will affect you as well. So to stay busy and to help other people was a way to help myself as well, because I got joy from helping people. It made me, it kind of like, you know, it's like kind of selfish, like, yo, in order to help myself, I got to help you. Type. Yeah. Because you, know, you learn from helping other people. You learn you learn patience, you learn about yourself. When you help somebody change their life, in a sense, it helps you, it makes you help you change your own life too because they, they need you, so it gives you more motivation too. Yeah. 
you helping other people helps you, right? Yeah. When did you help someone that you knew was in bad shape that let you say, you know what, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. Because, you know, we try things all the time. Like you said, you try Herbalife and you were like, eh, you know, I want to be Herbalife. When did you know, like, okay, you know what? I did this for them. This is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. It was probably like month eight when we start like a intensity dance class. It was called Club 10. It was like 40 people in the room and I was like the head trainer. And I'm like, wow, all of these people have changed the bodies because we're looking at like the before and after pictures. I'm like, wow. Yeah. They've all changed their bodies because I decided to start something in my neighborhood. And a lot of them, they own their own gyms in my own neighborhood. These people run their own businesses and fitness all because of what I decided to start. I got that message when I saw all of them in that class and I'm like, wow, they're all here in the best shape of their lives because I decided to help them because of my problem. And that's when yeah. I realized that my problems are always showing their faces for a reason. When you go through things in your life, it's normally because you're here to help somebody else and you have to get yeah. your own stuff before you can help them. So for three months following the intensity program that you have, you were able to change everything. So you were pre-diabetic and then you had erectile dysfunction, hypertension. After three months, were you no longer diabetic, no longer hypertension? What happened after three months to let you know that you were headed in the right direction? I went back to the doctors and he checked me out again. He said, you don't have any of the things you had here. Like, is this the same person? Mm. Making like a joke. Like, is this yeah. the same person? And I'm, I said, yeah. I, that's, that's when I first learned intermittent fasting. Yeah. Intermittent fasting was what... Um, allow my body to, because the body always wants to heal itself anyway. So yeah. when you allow it to, it will naturally do what it's supposed to do. Okay. What's included in the intensity program? What's some of the things that you did to lower your numbers and make so make a great change within that short amount of time? Some of the things that, that I did was I started an, an intermittent fasting regimen of eating for eight hours a day and fasting for 16 hours a day and mm -hmm. working out while I was fasted. A lot of people say don't work out when you don't eat, yada, yada, yada. But when I studied the science and I studied people at the time that were doing intermittent fasting, I just did what they did. And within a week, I started to feel a difference. I'm like, whoa, I, my brain seems to be turning on. I don't feel sluggishness. I can work out. I only rather work out when I'm not fed. My body started to reverse itself. My brain started to really turn on. Um, I started to lose body fat, you know, and because I'm, I'm not a naturally big guy, I'm what they call an ectomorph, you know, and that's the body type where you can basically eat whatever you want and don't gain a pound. Now I'm more of like a mesomorph. You can change your body type when you get older, but basketball, basketball was one of my, like my saving graces. Yeah. And I worked out and I ate like four to 5,000 calories in, the, in like an eight hour window down to a four hour window, down to a two hour window. You know, I, I had looked the best that I ever looked in my entire life. I noticed that you talked about people having a fast in a week where they fast for at least one day a week or something. Mm. Why do you think it's beneficial for people adding fasting or fasting for one or two days a week in their daily regimen or weekly regimen? My train of thought is in order to get somebody to do intermittent fasting, they're going to have to see what it's like and to at least get somewhat of a benefit. Now, yeah. I'm a firm believer that in order for intermittent fasting to truly work, you should do it every day. But yeah. in order to get for somebody that doesn't understand it, to get them to doing it, they should start to do at least one full 24 hour fast a week, at least, you know, and this will allow a person's body to at least think in a higher state. Because the problem is 
most people who don't want to fast is because they have parasites that don't want to fast. They don't want to stop yeah. themselves. It's kind of a way to get somebody to do something that they don't even realize they need to do so they can eventually get to the point where they're doing it every day. It's kind of like a little bit of a mind trick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that because it's building your fasting muscle. The yeah. The more that you fast, the better you feel and the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. But let's get to some of the things that really made me attracted to your videos. Because your videos are very informative and educational. And I think a lot of people can benefit from them. What are forever chemicals and PFAs? Well, forever chemicals are chemicals that basically will affect you forever when you consume in a certain food. But I take it a step further with the preservatives. These chemicals are like, they actually call them shortening agents, to be honest with you. Say that again? They call them shortening agents. Mm, okay. Like, I'm talking about like, there's agents and everything. Like, if you guys have cleaning products, you gotta throw that out immediately because those are called agents. And as mm-hmm. soon as you start to clean your bathrooms, they will go to attack you. When you smell them, they're already in your system and they're already affecting your brain. They're already affecting your hypothalamus gland. They're affecting your behavior immediately. So that's why they call them agents, right? When you see agents walking into a house, they they're not, they're there to arrest. So when you see an agent walking into your body, it's also there to arrest your faculties. So. So wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I mean, I, I only use plant-based cleaning solutions. I use lime for deodorant and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah. right? So you're saying even the smell of these agents? As soon as you smell them, they're in you already. Wow. We don't have five senses. We have one and all of it's touch, right? Yeah. So as soon as that molecule touches your olfactory system of your nose, it has it goes to your brain. Your olfactory system are like little tentacles that actually pull in the 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 touch of the chemical. It touches your olfactory and that's going to your brain, right? So when you clean with solutions or eat preservatives that are going into your body, they are preserving it. Preserve actually is short for preservitude. Yeah. Because they can actually control your hormones, they can control what you do, what you do. Wow. Damn. So <laughs> so it, it gets into us, these forever chemicals that are found in our foods and found in our some of our cleaning solutions. Tasting, smelling these things get into our bodies. What effects are they having on us or possible effects are they having on us? Oh, these are definite effects. These effects will shorten your life. It will break your immune system, but it also will affect your behavior. It'll affect your actually drive for life, drive for power. It will lower your testosterone. In some instances, it says it'll make you want to change your sex. Like it does these things. People want to deny it, but if you look at the society, the society's kind of kind of wild than it was in the '90s. It just didn't happen. The food happened, and the food was changed. It, it will make you not want to be who you are. You'll ever actually, you'll never actually know who you are until you actually get off of these drugs, because and then you'll realize that you're an addict. So. The biggest drug in the world is not drugs, it's the food that we eat every single day. And it's, yeah. and it's the dopamine response that the food actually gives us, which is why when somebody like me talks about the food, people get so angry because I'm taking away, not the food, I'm taking away their happiness. Yeah. Food brings. So these things will destroy you from the inside out. It will take, it will take your beauty away if you're a woman. It will give you fibroids. It will give you cysts. If you're a man, it will kill your testosterone. It will kill your sperm drive because it may it wants to make you sterile. It will kill 
It, you, you know, you you will, you will lose your drive to want to be more. You will lose who you are. You will lose your spiritual connection. It will calcify your pineal gland, which secretes melanin, which is the seed of what they call the soul. And it will stop your natural connection to yourself. So the forever chemicals, are PFAs one of the forever chemicals or what are PFAs? I'm not really familiar with PFAs. Okay. But there are so many things they put into the food is all really in one bag of everything because when they all enter into the body they're all there to weaken the vessel if you understand if you look at the body as a simple vehicle right yeah if you put ginger ale in your gas tank or kool-aid into your gas tank they have two different names and two different ingredients but they're going to do the same thing to your vehicle yeah okay it's not made for your vehicle so your vehicle is going to be put putting your check engine light's going to be on and you're going to have some issues. So I, I try to give analogies to vehicles that we drive because everybody knows they put the right gasoline in their vehicle, but we forget that we also drive this car as well. Yeah, our bodies. Yeah. When I knew we were having a problem in our world before this whole BBL fiasco, <laughs> it was always known that African-American women or African-Americans, we were shaped differently and built a certain way, right? But as different companies started making food cheaper, I noticed that I would look at non-African-American people or non-Black people, and I would see them have similar body styles of some African-American people, like, you know, larger behinds and different things like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then I started noticing that everybody was pre-diabetic or diabetic. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. It has to be something that we're doing, right? Something that we're doing to ourselves. I love having these conversations because hopefully it will wake someone up. Look at the data. Look at people who have had cancer and who have totally changed their diet. Their diet. Like I know people who have started following Gerson therapy where they're doing coffee enemas. Some of those people have now don't have cancer anymore. And people like Dr. Sabi and different people talking about holistic ways of living. And they've been able to reverse so many different things. One of the things you said, you did a video about eating salmon. And I thought that was interesting because I know a lot of people look at eating salmon and like lean fishes as the way to go. They stop eating meat and now they're pescatarian. Can you speak to us about some of the dangers of salmon and lean fishes or lean fish? Most of the salmon is genetically modified and cloned. Genetically modified is they modify the fish to make them grow faster. Mm -hmm. They feed them poop. They feed them pig poop in their farms. People have to realize that you are not what you eat. You are what you ate eats. If yeah. You're, if you're eating meat. Okay. Yeah. So whatever they feed your the animal, that is what you're actually eating and absorbing into your body. So you have to understand that if you if you have a high demand on a certain food and there's only so much salmon to be found, well, where are they getting all this salmon from? Hmm? They're getting yeah. it somewhere. They're making it out of it. They're creating it. They can clone. They've been cloning for a long time and they clone your salmon. Okay. I would never consider a wild caught unless you caught it yourself. Otherwise, you're trusting the word of an entity that's been killing you or you and your family for the past hundred years. It doesn't yeah. really make any sense how much trust you have in, in your hearts. It's just because you want to eat salmon. But most of this fish is not quite what you think it is. It is 
modified to a high degree. Listen, there's a company that is governed by the food standard, the food industry called Codex Alimentaris. And they had mandated that anything with feet, feathers, and fins that cross through the, the market, that goes into the market, must be fed with subclinical antibiotics. So you have Why? to assume that anything with feet, feathers, or fins has subclinical antibiotics. Anti means against, bio is life. So you're really saying antibiotics is against life. They're mandated to give them antibiotics because they want to kill off any sickness or anything that may be potentially harmful to the people who are going to eat them or why? No, because there's something else inside of them uh, under under antibiotics, which is classified as antibiotics that they don't have to tell you about. And what is that? Worse. It's a lot, a lot worse than antibiotics. It's why people get sick so much. Okay. If you guys are listening, you should watch a, a show on um, Prime. It's called The Food That Built America. And then you'll find out where you live. And then you'll find out what you eat. And then you'll find out why people like me go vegan. And talk about this stuff because I realized that we're really under attack. So yeah. if you understand that we're under attack, you're not going to sit there and continue to let them just kick you while you're down. You're going to find something to do about it. And yes, on the side of being a vegan, yes, there is risk as well. But there's not as much risk as eating something dead because... How can you expect any life when you eat death? Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it's not going to bring you what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So you said people like me. People like you meaning what? Somebody who eats who eats plants. I'm going to tell you all the truth, man. I don't eat plants because I want to eat plants. I don't eat, I don't eat vegetables because I want to eat vegetables. I do it because I have to. Yeah. I do it because I have to. If I went to another country where the, where the meat was clean, I might be eating meat, guys. I might yeah. just be eating meat. Because I know that at a low clip, it's not going to hurt me. I know yeah. that I, if I do intermittent fasting, you know, I can just fast this stuff and my body will digest it. I know these things, but I know I live in America. So because I live in America, I got to play the game to stay alive, to be sharp, because I have to know what's around me. We're in the age of information. Our parents didn't have the knowledge that we have now. So now we're responsible for the next generation. Yeah. When they wanted to learn it, they had to read encyclopedia. You know, for us, we have it all. So there's no excuses. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to unlearn. Yeah. It's just a lot that we have to unlearn. It's a lot that people don't know, because even though we have information, where you get your information matters too. who you get your information from matters. If you think about the reason behind a lot of these things, they were done so people somebody could make money somewhere. And it's unfortunate because you spoke about being overseas. I spent a lot of time in Europe, like I spent a lot of time in France, a lot of time in the Netherlands. And it's such a difference in their food than it is in our food. It mm -hmm. tastes different. It tastes fresher. It tastes it just tastes different. And it's it's sad because we say America is the greatest place on earth. But it's known that we put chemicals in our food that these other places that we don't consider the greatest places on earth don't. Yeah, they ban our stuff over there. Yeah. It's really sad to me. But anyway, so do you think that people should stay away from meat altogether? I think that they should take steps to get to that place because in order for the brain to be able to process a change, it must be a slow change. If you do a fast change, you will you will relapse and you will binge and that's not good. So I believe that if it's their choice to see what they're going to do, I just think that if they're going to eat it, they need to eat it at least once or twice a week. If they're not going to eat it, that's probably the best thing. But 
if an individual is not ready, they're not going to change. I just give the information and, you know, my one of my favorite models is what you eat don't make me, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, my lifestyle doesn't have to be yours, but I feel like you can, you can eat meat and still be high vibrational, be healthy. It's yeah. a matter of what type of meat are you eating and where do you get it from? There are places that you can find uh, grass-fed butchers and different types of meat, such as bison, quail, you know, duck, and things that are actually grass-fed that had a good life. Because when you eat meat, you also take on the energy that that animal had before it died and all its life, all its life experiences. So it's like there are places in America that you can actually, you know, do it. I just don't think that anybody should do it at a high clip. Why don't you take us through a five day period of what, when you're eating and not fasting? What does that look like? Like what foods do you eat? I'll normally break my fast in between 12 and 4 p.m. I'll do from 18 to 20, 22 hour fast. And if I'm bulking, I'm fasting less time. So right now I'm in my bulking phase. So I'll break my fast with fruit always. I always break my fast with fruit, mostly berries. I'll eat a, uh, one of those grains, such as I'll eat an amaranth porridge or like kamut porridge or, or kamut oatmeal, something like that. Okay. I'll do that. And then I will eat like a, a bean, such as like a, maybe black beans or lentils or something like that. Then I'll have a uh, protein shake, like I'm having one right now. Protein shake I have right now is, um, is hemp seeds with my maca powder because I have a supplement company. so. This is my maca powder that I have, which is used by Peruvian bodybuilders to put muscle on because uh, it helps out with the hormones like HGH and testosterone being secreted more. Uh, I'll have that. I'll do some coconut flakes in that. Um, I'll put some oatmeal milk in that. I'll put some, um, people say almonds can kill you in there, whatever, but I'll do almond butter. I understand it, but you eat too, if you eat too many almonds, but almond butter in there and that's it. Uh, then I'll have a grain such as either quinoa, millet, or um, barley. So I'll have the grains or, I, or one of my favorite starches, which is uh, yams. A lot of vegans say eating a lot of carbs is what we do. I do, but if I work out enough in my fastest state, the carbs don't affect me because of my body type. And also, yeah. um, I don't eat a lot of, uh, I don't eat a lot of vegetables. I eat fruit. I'm not a big vegetable guy. Okay. When you started a plant-based lifestyle, what was hard for you to get over? Like what foods were your favorite and that you struggled with stopping eating? Chicken. <laughs> what kind of chicken? Crown fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keep it real. It was crown fried chicken. It was in pizza. Like uh, I liked uh, Pizza Hut, Pizza Heavy. Yeah. It was more like chicken than pizza was my two. And, and cheesesteak was third on the list. So like... I like those were really tough to stop eating. When I went vegan and I got healthy and I tried to eat that, oh, it was bad for me. So I realized like, okay, you can't eat, you can't ever, that lets you know how your body adapts to bad food. Yeah. Because when your body has finally cleaned itself out and got healthy, you try to eat that again, it's going to be a bad night and a bad day the next day. Yep. You'd be on the toilet, brother. Yeah. That's what happened to me. It got me sick and everything. Yep. Yep. I've had friends who gave up meat for Lent or just for whatever reason, and they'll notice at the time that they gave up meat and usually sodas and things too, right? They notice a difference in the way that they look. 
Mm-hmm. And then once they start eating the meat, they notice acne and different things appearing. Those are signs too, but we fool ourselves into not believing that they're signs because we want to continue to eat those things, yep. those fried foods and things. What was the longest amount of time that you fasted? 21 days. 21 days? On urine. Say that again? On urine. On what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to blow your mind today. So wait, you you did that thing where people fast for a certain amount of time and then they drink their own urine? I did it and my hair came back. I had an afro at the end of it. Okay, so wait, hold up. We got to go through this. What is that process called? It's called cistern urine therapy. Cistern urine therapy. So how does mm-hmm. this work? You started fasting and what? You start fasting, you clean your body out, and what you do is you do a process of looping. So I'll start the fasting and I'll do like uh, I'll do like a juice fast for like a good four or five days, right? Get the okay. body nice and prepped for the for liquids. My body's nice and clean. Then I'll start drinking water. Then I'll start drinking water. My urine will be, you know, it'll be like a light color. And then I'll start re-drinking that. And then when you start to re-drink that, you don't drink any regular water anymore because your body has everything it actually needs inside of it, every mineral, all of it, as above, so below. So your body will start to become a filtration system to address any latent issue wrong with it all the way up to the hair. You know, a lot of men lose their hair because of their diets and we don't get it back. I actually learned about this particular method uh, and actually a, a, a shroom experience. I didn't know what cistern was. I looked it up and I found the, down a whole path of it and I decided to try it out. And when I tried it out, I was reluctant like everybody is like, isn't that toxic? I just did it because I was at COVID, I was home, I was going through a really deep spiritual journey and the source that I got it from, there was no question that it was real. So yeah, I tried it and my hair came back. You were fasting, Mm -hmm. you decided that you were going to drink your urine. I was instructed to. Sorry, you were Mm -hmm. instructed that you should fast and drink your urine. Mm-hmm. How did this work, though? Because I know you didn't urinate into the toilet. So where did you urinate? How did you drink it? Like a glass, a glass, uh, uh, like a little, like a little mason jar, glass, like something like this, and yeah, you know, you just go, you know, and you just recirculate it back into your body. I experienced benefits within the first twenty-four hours. How often were you drinking your urine? I mean, at least five, six times a day. Like, wow. like water, like water. It's just the same thing. That's why you have to stop drinking water because your body's going to kick it back out so quickly, you know, because it's addressing and it's cleaning itself and it's addressing and it's cleaning itself. And whatever is the toxins that come out, that comes out in your feces, like as something watery. So it will separate in your, and it will be squeezed out through your livers and you, like the good stuff is squeezed out through your liver and your kidneys. The bad yeah. stuff going out of your other way, your rectum, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you're all and all urine is is your blood filtering itself. That's all it is. It's filter is your blood filtered. So filtration system. So while you were under cistern therapy, you started at five gallons, mm-hmm. and then you went down to no water. Yep. Your only water would be your urine. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you took that first sip of your urine, because I do know when you fast, your urine is usually clear or like maybe a little cloudy, right? What was that first sip like? It was tough to the mind. It was different. Cause I, I was like, I had to put my mind. I got like, I'm actually doing this show. I'm actually about to drink my urine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like this is freaking nuts. Right. Certain people have to do the hard things in order to show the world, to show yeah. the world what it is. And I'm one of those people. 
and I'm willing to do almost anything to actually show the world that it's possible. Yeah. Hence the name Mr. Intensity. It tasted like a little bit of salt was in water. That's all it tastes like. Okay. Did you live by yourself at this time? No, I have a wife and I have four kids. How did your wife take it that, okay, now I have to kiss this man who's drinking his piss? Well, she's educated like me, so yeah, she understood what it was about. I educated her. She read the book that I read. So yeah, she understood it for herself. Even my kids understood it. Like my kids, they knew a lot of information I'm talking about as well. I, I educated on what I was doing. You know, at first it was a little strange because I'm because daddy is a little strange. <laughs> yeah, I understand that it's difficult, but my family understands that that I'm a great man and that I'm a man of of intellect. Okay, so she was she wasn't on the journey with you, but she was supportive of you being on this journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, she didn't do everything, but she's used hers before too for her okay. hair like that. Mm-hmm. I have family members that brought their hair back with it too. So you did that for 21 days. Mm-hmm. The first time you drank your urine, did you get sick? Oh. You didn't? No, their body is pure toxicity. That's why they get sick. Okay. Because their bodies are pure toxicity, they're going to get sick. You have to clean your, your body out. You have to be a clean person. You can't just be doing it on medication and all the other garbage that you eat. Like the body needs to be clean. But you do this, you can't just be eating whatever meat or whatever you want and think you're going to just drink your urine. You got to be clean for real. Yeah. So you did this for 21 days. No other liquids, just your your urine. Yeah. Congratulations, brother. You said that you noticed your hair come back. What were some of the other benefits? My joints didn't hurt anymore. But the biggest benefit was my spiritual connected. There are certain things about us that people would never, ever believe if, if it happened to them, unless it happens to them. Yeah. These things happen to me. Did you refrigerate your urine like so it could be ready for? Okay. It would just be a process of coming out and then putting it back in. Yeah, but sometimes I would ferment it. When you ferment it, fermenting is actually when you start to see crystals in your urine because all your blood is is a liquid crystal. So you'll start to see crystals start to flow to the top in your urine if you ferment it. And that's when it starts to smell like ammonia. And that's when you like put it on like your body and your hair and your face. Because most of our cosmetics have urine in it. It's just somebody yeah. else's orange urea. Yeah. Eye drops that was very famous. They had a substance from urine in it. So a lot of urine has been used for many things. That's why they call it golden shower because it's actually golden. It's actually gold. Yeah. Have your kids been raised plant-based vegans? No. I have four kids and one child is being my, my, my baby that I just had last year. She never had sugar. She's never had milk. She's never had meat. She is being raised plant-based, but the rest of them, they make their own choices. Okay. So are your other kids plant-based or? No, they want to eat what they want to eat. They're on their own experience. They're their own entity. Like in the beginning, my parent, my kids were plant-based, but I, I could see they weren't happy with their yeah. lives. I don't want to do that. I just want to continue to give them information. And, and all the seeds that I plant will come back when they get older. Yeah. They'll make decisions off of your example. Exactly. Yeah. What about your wife? My, my wife, is she's vegan. She's actually vegan longer than I was. When I met her, it's funny, when I met my wife, she was plant-based and I used to try to get her to eat meat. Yeah. <laughs> she's been, she been plant-based way longer than me. Yeah. What are some of the ways that food will affect your behavior? A lot of kids are being born with autism and people are saying that it is a lot of different reasons. I tend to believe it may be the food. Could be wrong. I'm not a doctor. Just mm-hmm. one of my thoughts. But how do you believe food affects our behavior? When you eat food, it does something to your body. Food is what they call information. 
Everything is energy. So yeah. when if food is information, what is that information saying when you actually consume it? When you eat that food, it goes into your gut and the information from that travels up the vagus nerve to your brain. Now, if there is food that is not good for you, it's going to affect our behavior such as, let's say your gut is full of garbage. Well, that means the serotonin will not be secreted now. And that means you won't feel good. So you may feel sad or depressed or angry because your ability to govern your mood is heavily influenced now by the food, which is poison that's destroying your mind. Hmm. Let's say your melatonin is not being secreted by your pineal gland because your pineal gland is now calcified based off of the amount of sugar that you've eaten and made your pineal gland hard. So now you have insomnia because you're not having enough melatonin that's secreted. Now you can't sleep. And when you can't sleep, your mood is severely altered because now you become paranoid, right? Because you're not, your brain, your brain needs to be able to get these toxins that it accumulates and it only can get rid of these toxins while you sleep. But if you're not asleep now, all because your brain is moving all day. So in order for your brain to get rid of these toxins, you need to be asleep. But if you can't sleep, you're now you're paranoid. Now your ability to govern your mood is severely altered and changed. So you're you're more angry. You're more uh, volatile. You cannot make the right amount of decisions. So now you're impulsive. You know, because you're not regulated, you're not in balance, you're not in homeostasis. Wow, brother. A lot of us are sick. And I always tell people, sometimes you don't know that you're unwell until you get better because your body is so used to dealing with the different pains and the different things that you have already. Right. So sometimes you don't know you're unwell until you get well. What are some of the best ways that you would suggest removing sickness from your body or getting rid of sickness? Step number one to cleanse your colon. Hmm. Step number two, to get on a fasting regimen, to start to fast every single day for a minimum of 16 hours every day, okay? okay? If you just did those two things right there, you would change a lot right there. Now, consuming anything that has preservatives in it needs to stop immediately. If you ate whole foods for 14 days, Whole foods meaning foods in their natural state, fruit in its whole state, yeah. vegetables in its whole state. Now, vegetables, you might want to cook them. Grains, legumes in their whole state. Grains and legumes to be soaked, not in cans, because yeah. cans also has preservatives in them as well. And the BPA too. Yeah. You have to make this a lifestyle if you actually want to change your life. Because if you just want to just do the bare minimum, you're not going to really change. You're going to go back because there hasn't been a paradigm shift yet. So you're going to have to start to read more holistic nutrition books and really start to educate yourself because the more you know, the more you grow. Speaking of a colon cleanse, like I have a colon cleanse and it's only for 10 days. After those 10 days, you feel like a new person. Herbs. I have a company called Intensity Fitness United. So I'm Mr. Intensity and my company is called Intensity with a 10 in it. So I spell it the I-N number one zero S-I-T-Y fitnessunited.com. I get my supplements directly from the growers. I started to go to the countries where all my products were grown from, got them manufactured and produced for my company. And that's why when people try my supplements when they're on their healing journey, they find that mines are a lot better than the other one like that on the market. 
these supplements here, they really, really will help you out. And herbs are here to help you. It's just food in a condensed form that is here to actually supplement your healthy, healthy lifestyle, to enhance your body, to help heal your body. But they don't work like you want them to unless you work like you need to. Amen. So to all my listeners, Mr. Intensity is given a 10% discount to all of the items on his website. So you guys definitely need to check that out. What's the coupon code, Mr. Intensity? Coupon code is your last name with the number 10. So tell them your last name. It's A-A-H-L-E-E. Number 10. That is the coupon code that, that you can use on your first order. That's going to be one coupon per person you can use and you will get 10% off on anything that you buy off of my store. Awesome. Brother, this has been a pleasure. I have truly enjoyed speaking to you. You have educated me on some things and I appreciate all that you do for the world and that you're doing to give back to people because ultimately I want everyone in the world to live their best life and living their best life is living a healthy life. So any last words before I let you go? This is a day-to-day process and I want you to understand that you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. You know, if you do one small thing every day, that will be a contribution to the greatest change you can ever make in your life. And the greatest change will start with your body because what you put in your body will influence the way your mind thinks, no matter what you think it is. So if you do this, the person that you will become on the other side is going to be somebody from your wild, your wildest dreams. So you, you're not just doing this for yourself. You're doing this for the seven generations before and the seven generations after. Well, Mr. Intensity, bless you, man. Thanks so much, brother. No problem, man. I think fasting is great and it has many health benefits. But before you attempt to fast, please make sure you consult with your doctor. If you are currently fasting or about to go on a fast, share your experience with us. You can send me an email at wytotpodcast at gmail.com or you can message me on Twitter or Instagram at wytotpodcast. That's our show for today. The music used during the interview of this episode, Lucid, Pomade, Shouts, and Martin, was produced by Safemi Beats. Thank you for listening to the What's Your Thoughts on this podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our show is produced by Amir Ali. Our theme song was written by Amir Ali, produced by Adrian Brundy, and performed by Enrico Delves. If you would like to be a guest on our show, or if you have a question or you want to provide some feedback, send an email to WITOTpodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast is available on all platforms, so make sure you subscribe to our show and follow us on social media. Be well, be safe, and be blessed. Until next time.